0: Or, actually, good afternoon, everybody. It's Dimity here with a train like a mother club, and I've got Coach Amanda Loudon, who coaches our traditional programs, which run from the 10K all the way up to the marathon. We now have a 10 mile program. Oh, and you have a helper in your house, Coach Amanda. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Hi,
0: hi, Amanda's son. (laughs) Um, How are you doing today, Amanda?
1: I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, um, you know, we're hitting this big heat wave here on the East Coast, which I'm sure is going to be. addressed in the webinar. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, we're going to talk about heat a little bit. We did um, running by heart rate in triathlon yesterday and talked at length um, about the heat. And I think it's important because yeah. I think everyone has to talk about that, um, you know, has to have some perspective on the heat. So yeah. we're going to dive into that in a minute. Um, I want to let you know if you are listening right now, I, I we received a bunch of questions via email. Thank you for sending those in. Then I also combed the Facebook post as well. So but if something comes up where we're talking, you're like, "Oh, I have this question," or "Can you explain that further?" or whatever, you have the opportunity to either raise your hand or put or, or um, uh, type into the chat button. Those are two options. So just know that you know we really like it to be interactive. Yesterday um, with the triathlon group, we had a really nice conversation about um, fueling for a half Ironman, um, or helpful conversation I should have, and it was really cool to have the athlete and the coach interact. So. Yeah. don't be shy is what i'm trying to say um so yeah so let's just start actually with a couple basic things well first of all how's your running going i'm always interesting i was in here how what's your what's what's going on with you
1: i've actually had my first injury in years um that oh I've no this. so yeah and it was a fluke thing it happened in the gym i just i was putting a, a weight back on the racks and the way i twisted and it kind of it tweaked the back of my hamstring um and luckily, the gym where I work out is run by my PTs. And um, but it took us a long time to really nail down what it was. And I tried a little bit of running, and it's, it's just been a roller coaster. But I think finally, 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 we're on the right track, and it's improving. And hopefully, I'll be running again in a couple of weeks. So
0: yeah, yeah hamstrings are kind of a bitch. I gotta say, like they're they are the ones that they they're hard to target. They're hard to get at. I feel like yeah. in an effective way, and then and they're and they're such a connector, right? That they're such yeah. an operator that. When it's off, everything else feels off, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And I mean, just like as a lesson to everyone, like one of the, you know, we talk about this all the time, but it's not even my hamstring that hurts. It hurts lower down, like in my calf and the side oh. of my leg there, you know, okay. so like it that which is the symptom of the injury, you know, sure. and that's, you know, it sounds I think that y- you don't learn right off the bat. You assume that where you have pain is where the injury is, but that's not always the case. So absolutely not.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and the ones that happen off the road, dang it right? Like, yeah. uh, that is, um, my good friend of mine, Joe, uh, who I hiked at Grand Canyon with last year, her husband, they have two dogs. Her husband was walking down like two steps on their back porch. Um, you know, stepped on a dog bone, twisted yeah. his ankle, fractured his like fifth metatarsal. I mean, like oh in the boot for like six to eight weeks at least, um, you know, and you're just like, Oh my God, you know, he's a runner as well,
1: obviously. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So yeah, those are rough. Those are rough. Okay, well, so what are you doing in the meantime? I, what's what's your plan? Um,
1: well, so again, this gym—it's—it's it's not CrossFit is too strong a word for it, but it's kind of got CrossFit roots. Okay. So, um, so I'm going in there every single day, and it makes me happy, and I'm walking my brains out, and um, I think this is the first time ever in you know, like two decades of running where I've been injured and I'm not miserable. Like, of course I miss running, but. Yes. Um, this is kind of like doing it for me too. And I can feel myself getting stronger and cause yeah. I can do, I can do everything but run. So um, yeah. it's not like the worst kind of injury either. Like, sure. Not very limiting. So yeah. Well, yeah. and we are in the thick of July. So,
0: I mean, if there's a time yeah. where you're like, you know what,
1: <laughs> I can't run. It's not
0: yeah. a bad time to choose. So, I mean, we have some questions about weather in here, but uh, let's just talk in general about the perspective shift that, that needs to happen when we shift from, what feels really good in October and coming off even spring running in March and April yeah. to now, because yeah. now is the thick of the training time too. It's kind of, kind of cruel, isn't it?
1: Right. Right. But I think people need to, um, you know, first of all, you know, I, 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 preach it over and over and over again. I'm not a big fan of like really watching your watch when you're out there doing easy things. And, and in particular in the heat, do not even look at it. Your pace is just going to be slower And you have to get through it. And, you know, and if it means that it's so much slower that, you know, for instance, it's crunching you for time, then you give up a mile or two and you run, you know, by time. Like, okay, six miles would normally take me X amount. Today I'm getting five miles in in that amount of time and it's fine. Yeah. Um, And also know that, it really will, there will be gains from this too. You know, you're, you're actually kind of building more blood volume over the summer in this heat and humidity. And um, in the fall, you're going to feel like a million bucks. So, you know, stick to it and um, know it's it's all worth it.
0: Yeah. Julie just typed, uh, you know, that is so helpful because my times in the summer are just so stinking slow. It's yeah. Nice to know I'm fine, capital yeah. F-I-N-E, and not yeah. losing fitness. And that is so true. I mean, I was thinking back to a four-mile race that – um, I did a couple of years ago on the Fourth of July and I, I can't tell you how miserable the whole thing was. and it was four miles, which at that time you know felt like you know a, a nothing to me, right? right. Um, I mean, obviously I was pushing myself a little bit, but oh, I mean, and, and people were puking on the course and like every hill oh. felt like a mountain. and it just is it just warps your your perception of effort, right? Yeah. And so you just have to keep that in mind and even though like I know we've said a couple of times on different podcasts like, oh, it takes about, you know, 20 days or three weeks or, you know, 10 runs or whatever, 12 runs to get acclimated. Acclimated means your body is like a little bit more efficient and it doesn't right. feel, you know, it, it can handle the heat, but it doesn't mean that right. you're back to, you know, baseline October 15th absolutely. and it's 40 degrees and crisp outside.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're not going to get there in this kind of heat and humidity. You're not. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's just make peace with it and don't let it get to you, you know? Yeah. 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 And Katie
0: says, I keep comparing my fitness now, week two of the half marathon race plan and my end of fitness back in March. The heat is killing me. I'm officially a winter runner. And you know what, Katie, your your fitness is still there. It's just yeah. hiding behind, you know, 90% humidity. That's the thing. Yeah. So you yeah. have
1: to just, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and go and ahead. Also, like if you say, okay, I'm a winter runner. I mean, some of us are better runners. Well, I mean, we're all better runners in cooler temperatures, but some of us Acclimate better than others. Yes. Um, and I will tell you I run much hotter than most of my friends and I am more miserable in the heat and don't run as well in the heat as some of my friends and I envy them. But the adjustment to make is if if you really are that person, you know, do do schedule your races for, for a more optimal time. When it doesn't, you feel mean good. Train, doesn't mean don't train through this kind of stuff because I, I encourage everyone to do that. But it, but I, but but don't schedule your races in the, the times that, you know, you know, you might be vulnerable to this heat. So.
0: Totally. Yeah. Well, and so let's talk about a couple coping mechanisms that you can kind of employ. Um, I mean, one of the things that I talked about um, when you were out of town, I like doing ask the coach every once and I like being the yes. substitute coach, um, but I can't remember which group asked it, but somebody was asking about like not being able to fit in the whole workout in the time. And um, we, t- we talked about the spirit of the workout. And I really kind of like that kind of mentality when it comes to July and August, like getting the spirit, like you just said, like, I'm going to run, you know, it says six miles, but you know what, I'm slowing down enough that I'm going to walk and run and I'm going to go five. That's the spirit of the workout, right? Absolutely. It's not, Absolutely. It's not that one mile isn't going to make a difference. And if it makes you feel, you know, if it gets you to work on time, if it lowers your stress in other ways, all good, right?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree 100% on that. Yeah.
0: And then what are some other things? I mean, are you getting, a, well, you're not running, but I mean,
1: but Yeah. I mean, absolutely. The, yeah, absolutely. The getting up in particular, if you, the more of your workout you can get in before the sun is really up in the sky, the much better off you're going to be. I mean, that sun, you cannot discount the factor of that sun beating down on you on top of it all. I mean, yes, yeah. like here in Maryland, you're going to get up and it's already going to be 75 degrees at 5 AM and humid as all get out, but at least the sun's not on top of you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, you know, that's totally worth it if you can't. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think
0: for the trails is really cool. I mean, yeah, option, yeah. you know, you're going to get some yeah. shape. And you're also going to get, um, it takes away your GPS because trails are, are automatically going to slow you down, just in, especially if it's yeah. technical. So then you just, you're like, okay, I'm just going to go, you know, do some trails for 40 minutes or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Um, and then I know you're, you're not a huge treadmill girl, but I often find, you know, sometimes it's just really nice to go to the gym two o'clock when it's blaring sun and you go in and it's nice and cool and you can get your right. workout done and right. you, can, you know just kind of enjoy the, the artificialness of
1: it yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 I mean I mean I, I was you know I wanted to go um swim today and our outdoor pools are too hot now so like I'll probably go indoors for my swim is right now for a couple of weeks until the water temperature gets cooler again you know yeah yeah so, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah I was just telling these guys I was just coming back I had about a two and a half hour drive this morning, dropping off my kid at camp. And, um, I came home and jumped in the pool because or our, not our pool, but our community pool and it is, yeah. it's the water's a little warm, but it just, I just looks like I need to move a little bit to have some yeah. energy back after a long drive. Right. Yes, Yeah. Okay. nap. Yeah. Okay. So let's go into a couple of questions here. Um, this is the first one and these are really in no particular order. So we're going to kind of go from racing to training to that kind of stuff. Um, Valerie's asking, um, last fall I ran my best half ever. I PR'd with negative splits was her first ever time she ran faster in the second half than she did in the first half. Um, my race mantra was don't take the deal. That's an Amanda phrase, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is a walk break for her. That's her deal is letting herself off the hook by taking a walk break. And I didn't let herself do that. Not once I pushed through, um, this spring, On a little hillier course and a little warmer of a day, I took the deal numerous times, even though I was telling myself not to. How can I listen to myself one day and not on another?
1: Well, um, because we all have, you know, we all have our weak moments. We all have our strong moments. And you just, you know, you don't know what kind of a mindset, I guess, you know, that you're bringing into the day. But I think a little bit of mindset prep in advance, you know, remind yourself how good it felt not to take that deal versus how bad it might've felt to take the deal that up the other day, you know, sure. and kind of get yourself into that mindset of, you know, I've done this before. I can do it again. And, and I will not, you know, if it, if it really matters to you, you just tell yourself you are not going to do it and, yeah. and you know, and take that in with you. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then her, her question too is how can I practice a don't take the deal mentality on shorter training runs to build mental muscle? Sometimes I tell myself it's an easy run so I can take a break. Um, and I'd love to hear your answer. And then, um, I actually just did a session last night with, with Justin Ross, a sports psychologist, yeah. we talked a lot about this, so I can yeah. summarize that, but I'd love to hear from you first, Amanda.
1: Well, I mean, Justin knows better than I on, on the mindset stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely, I mean, you're, you're training, that's your practice run, right? For race day. I mean, so I think, you know, I mean, you're not going to run every run, like, you know, with, with a, the mindset of a race, but, but you can practice, like, especially, take your harder days. You know, if you've got speed work on the schedule, take that day and go into it with this mindset is I am going to nail this workout. And you know, I don't care if I get tired, tired is expected and I can soldier through. And I think the more you can practice that in training, the more it carries over to race day.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, one of the things that, um, I kind of, I threaded together with Justin last night and right now I'm listening to this book, um, called, uh, so the Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's a, it's a, a yellow-covered book. I think it's a fairly new book about habits, right? And, okay. um, and one, one of the things that they talk about in it is um, training the Starbucks employees. Um, and uh, the way that they do it, they have a whole bunch of education for Starbucks associates. And um, one of the things that they do during training is they write down what they're going to do when a customer is, like, irrationally upset that's the wrong order. You know, suddenly you're taking it personally and you, your anger, you know, fires up because they're kind of yelling at you even though it's about the coffee or probably even yeah. about something else. It's not even about the coffee. And, um, and then talking to Justin about that, shifting that to the running mentality. I think it is so helpful to say, you know what, it's going to get hard in this next race. You know, you pick your race, Valerie, and you say, you know, I, I know that, you know, I typically have a pattern of taking the deal at mile 10, say of a half marathon. So at mile 10, this is what I'm going to do. You know, this is how I'm not going to take the deal. I'm going to remind myself that I'm strong. I'm going to remember that I'm running for my mom who is you know, struggling right now. I'm going to, um, what else? I mean, I'm going to focus externally. I'm not going to focus on the pain in my legs and my lungs, but I'm going to think about passing that sign or passing that person in front of me or getting to the next water station or the, the mile thing but just having a plan, you know, so that when that, because that situation is going to come up, we all know it's going to come up in races and then you have your plan. So you make it now and then you practice it. It's harder to practice on easy short runs. Um, You can practice being present on easy short runs by not seeing, um, not taking the, you know, not just totally tuning out to podcasts, not totally tuning out to music or letting your mind wander. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Like, please, please, understand, but if you want to kind of say, okay, I need to figure out how to engage my brain and make sure that it's there on race day, you need to kind of practice doing that during, um, you know, again, the shorter races or the shorter runs, but also the longer runs, like you talked about longer runs or any runs that have any kind of element in them, you know, hills yeah. or tempo or speed or whatever.
1: Yeah. And I'll just add into, I mean, you kind of touched on this a bit, but just, you know, I think it's good for everyone just to have a little bit of acceptance that, this is not the easiest of endeavors, right? Yeah. Running is not. And um, that's just part of the deal. And if you love running and you love racing, accept that that's going to be part of it, no matter what, there's never going to be, you know, if you're going after a goal, there's never going to be an easy race, right? So it's, it's just, they, I don't think anyone could say, you know, that was just the easiest effort, most effortless race ever. You know, you can't, you can't run 13 miles, 26 miles and have it be I'll walk in the park. That's that's not why we do this. So sure. just accept that it's part of the sport that you love and the sense of accomplishment afterward is just so worth it. So
0: Totally. The other thing, going back to her first question, I mean, so the second race where she took the deal a couple of times, it was a hillier course and a warmer day. And so adjusting your expectations, mm-hmm. I think a little bit, I mean, it's easy to not take the deal when you're feeling really good, when you're on yeah. a course that favors your physical body and your mentality and it's a nice day for running. Right. And yeah. so you might need to adjust and say, okay, well, so I realized it's going to be harder out there. What, you know, how am I going to refocus myself? How, when it gets hard or pace myself or that kind of thing too. But yeah. I really do think having some strategies and like I said, it's, it's a lot of just mantra tuning into something else, tuning into your like a power song or a lyric that means something to you thinking about your form just getting your mind off the fact that you're thinking, all I want to do is walk. All I want to do is walk. Yeah, like, yeah. How are you going to divert yourself from that? Yeah. And, and realize that that all I want to do is walk is a normal sensation. Don't chastise yeah. yourself for that. Don't, right. you know, don't, don't spend effort being like, oh, Valerie, why are you thinking that again? Just be like, okay, oh, here's that walking thing again. How am I going to divert it? Yeah. That's my short take on sports psych. Um, and right. like, yeah, like I said, Justin's much more uh, the expert there, but Um, okay. Julie's, uh, just typed in a question. I can't seem to understand the amount of calories we need in an hour. I guess I'm just dumb. No, you're not. And don't know what 200 calories looks like. I use honey stinger chews the most. So I usually have one little chew per mile. So I have two packets for one half marathon. Is that too little fuel during the race? Um, like Michael Scott has said, explain it to me like I'm an eight year old. Um, Julie, do you know how many calories are in a honey stinger pack? You have one packet per half marathon how so let us know how many calories are in there, um, but yeah, do you want um she's gonna go check right now so
1: well, I mean everyone hates this answer too for me yeah <laughs> it's incredibly individual it's incredibly yeah. individual and I, I I mean and I know there are formulas out there, and I don't even know exactly what they are because I feel like every single person needs to practice it and experiment, and you know sure. it feels like she's running out of energy, then that's an easy indication that she needs to up it. Or if she feels sick to her stomach, then she probably needs to reduce it. Mm -hmm. I think it's just play, 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 play. That's what training runs are for in particular, your long runs, um, you know, different, different things and different, I mean, different, you know, um, fueling types and different calorie amounts and all of that. And I, again, I know there are formulas, but I just, you know, they're not right for everyone and, and. Every single person is different. I, I hate yeah. giving this. I know it's not he- that it's not helpful. helpful. Yeah, I think a good place to
0: start, I mean, just because um, I've seen that advice kind of across the board and um, back when I was writing a lot about nutrition for running is, um, is about 200 calories an hour, right? So like, if you start there, if, if you have 160 calories per packet right now, Julie, and just for round numbers, say it takes you two hours to run a half marathon, you, I would start with trying to think about having two of those at least. Um, and see how that goes. Right. And so what you're going to do is you're going to do that on a, a training run. And like you said, you're going to play with it. Right. So, um, I mean, if you right now, I would start to try to have one of those an hour, you know, and if it's, and if, it, if you take out, if they're little, it sounds like they're little, you know, individual size bites, start one, start one at 10 minutes, take one at 20, 30, 40, 50, say that there's five in a pack. And then, um, and then see how you feel, and then, and then do it again the next hour. And you have to kind of, the two things you have to do is you have to tune into your body, and then you also have to kind of record how you felt, because I think it's so easy to finish a run, be like, oh, phew, I'm done, that was a 12 miler, it's done, and not give it any more thought. And then when you go back, you know, again, our lives are so busy and our minds are everywhere, you know, you go back three, three weeks later to do that exact same run. And you're like, Oh wait, what did I do again? And how did I feel? I can't exactly remember. Right. Cause yeah. we can't remember what we had for dinner last night. So if yeah. you're playing with fuel, I would say start there. And I, I know I, I agree with you, Amanda, that it's very individual and some people have sensitive stomachs and some people like to eat more real food um, on a run, but you know, a nice place to start as a baseline is with um, you know, 200 calories an hour, that could be two gels. That could be the chews like she has. That could be um, sports drink, although that gets a little sloshy at times. It's hard to know how much you're getting in. But I think that's a, you know, if you use that as your baseline and then kind of um, let us know how it goes and we can help you adjust along the way. But especially in the marathon distance, I can't tell you how many people I run across that don't eat at all. And I just, I just feel like, oh my gosh, you've trained so hard and you haven't given yourself the benefit of the fuel that you probably need to have a yeah. snack finish. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, and also, um, everyone should be taking into account also what they're eating prior to the run. I mean, yeah. that also plays a role. I mean, cause some people, you know, go out the door with nothing in their stomachs. I mean, I'm one of them and, but some people need to have something in their stomachs when they go out the door, you know, so it, it just depends. And again, experiment with that too. And, and that will impact how many calories you need, you know, cause if you're eating right before you walk out the door, um, yeah. you know, and you're going for an hour run. You certainly don't need to eat on that hour run. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, we're talking about long runs. Yeah. I think yeah, 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 over yeah. 90 minutes. Yeah. I'm not
0: talking about taking that on. I think yes. 75 to 90 minutes is a sweet spot, depending upon. Yes. When
1: yes. You need that. But that's if you good.
0: are knowing that you're going to go over 90, especially on those long run days yes. that are going to mimic your race day, that's when, when you. to. Yes. It. yes. 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 Um, okay. Um, and sports strengths do count in that calorie count. The, the problem, um, with sports strengths is that, um, it's a little bit, it's not as precise, right? If you're mixing it yourself, you're not sure how many calories you're getting. Um, and then also this, that sloshiness. And so if you are a person who's like, I prefer liquids, awesome. You know, and it, you don't have any problem with it, go for it. Um, but then it also is hard too, if, that, if you train, say you just train with Gatorade, just using a random example, and you get to the course, and so you, you do have to carry your Gatorade on race day because you get there and you realize that they're serving noon or power eight or something that you haven't been training with, and you're not sure how that's going to sit with you. That's, that's a tough, you know, it's just hard to carry. It's yeah. harder to carry liquids. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, salt tabs. You want to talk a little bit about salt tabs too, for Julie, um,
1: Amanda, honestly, I don't think there are a lot of applications for them. That's my take on it. I think okay. I, I just don't. I just don't think there are that many people who get that depleted and need salt tabs. If you think you do, and if you feel like you really, really, really are getting depleted, you know, experiment with it. But no, they can definitely cause stomach distress and, um, you know, start with a half a tablet um, to try. But um I, I really don't think there's a lot of research that supports that there are that many people who really need salt tablets. That's just you know, I mean, if you're Iron Man training maybe you, you yeah. know if you're gonna be out there,
0: yeah, I mean, I know like ultra runners and Iron Man yes. and a lot, yes. and that's into and, so, and and the only other thing that I would say is if you are a really salty sweater in this humidity, you know, and you come away and you can like almost exfoliate your face at the end of a run, you've got so much salt and white lines and that kind of thing, yeah and you feel like I mean, I remember Sarah ran um. Back in the day, we ran the country music rock, country music half marathon in Nashville. I was going to say the country music rock and roll, but that's not too much (laughs) music. Um, And Sarah, and it was in like April in Nashville. It was humid. It was hot. We weren't used to that, um, that kind of weather conditions. And she had a salt tab, or I think she just had like a packet of salt, actually, like mile eight. And that's exactly like her body was, that's what sounded really good to her yeah to help her so you know again like that's a random one-off situation but that's the kind of thing where you might want to say oh maybe you know but i agree it's morally you're out there for a long long time yeah
1: yeah i mean you can also practice salt in your food i mean you know like on a regular basis just like if you feel like you need some more salt that's an easy way to get it into your body i I agree i agree
0: Okay, Sarah, um, there's one that says, I'm new here and awesome. I'm glad you're here. We're not going to skip it. Uh, She said she has started the holding pattern, which is just kind of a a little ramp up before the actual training program starts. She's going to do the crush it plan for a marathon on December 15th. I'm very excited and super motivated right now. Awesome. How do I keep this motivation going? Um, If I lose some motivation, any tips on what to do to say to myself at 430 in the morning to get out of bed, you know, on those hard, sleepy, tired days? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, Yeah,
1: I mean, um, definitely. I think, you know, you have to understand that, you know, marathon cycles are very long cycles and every single person is going to lose motivation along there somewhere along the line. So um, again, going back to mindset and just kind of prepping yourself for that fact, this is going to happen. It's going to be natural. And, um, you know, think about the finish line, think about going through that race and think about, you know, what's lost if you don't push through and get yourself up out of bed and out the door. Um, and, you know, it, it's again, it's it's a practice run even for the race, you know, for when you lose motivation in the middle of the race, because that's gonna happen at some point too. So it's it's gonna be natural, it's going to happen, be accepting of it and kind of prepare yourself to, you know, what methods work for you to, to, to get up and out the door.
0: Sure, sure. Um, some, some specific things that I've seen across the, across the years in the Facebook pages and that kind of thing that work are um, laying out your clothes, yeah. um, which, you know, sounds so basic, but it's a step that um, is very – it's an easy step to talk yourself out of where you're like, oh, I got to go find my sports bra. Forget it. I'm not going to do it. You know, like my, find my one clean sports bra. Yeah. Um, Justin has talked before about – I can't remember if it was like a 15-second rule or a 30-second rule, but if you can't find it in that period of time – you know, you're more likely to say, screw it. So like, you know, if you use a GPS, make sure it's charged. If you use headphones, make sure that they're, you know, charged if they need to be and easily found sunglasses, all that stuff. So you can kind of prep the night before so that you can get up and go the next morning with minimal thoughts. Right. So that whole, like, don't think, just go that we, we talk about a lot around another mother runner is like the less you can put your brain into the equation about whether or not you should go. I think the better off you are. Um, The one thing that I like to do when I'm really struggling to motivate is um, I often will be lying in my nice warm bed um, and I put myself kind of mentally in that like last, I don't want to say the last mile, but like the second to last mile of a workout or the last little fraction, the last quarter of a workout. And I feel so good. Um, You know, More than anything, I just feel appreciative that I've done it, appreciative that's going to be done glad that like almost the hardest part of the day is over for me because it is that that momentum is hard to get going and so if you can kind of just like be like okay I'm gonna go chase that feeling I'm gonna go get that feeling and not m- let myself off the hook you know yeah, yeah. Um, I think and that's for, like, I
1: think, one yeah and I was gonna say too also for a lot of us who you know a lot of moms I mean the morning's probably your one shot and yeah. um you know remember that remember Think about like how are you gonna feel at four in the afternoon when you've yes. missed your shot and you can't make it up and you're gonna probably regret it. Um, yeah. I don't think you're ever gonna regret getting out the door. So yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. And then the last one, and it sounds like you get up early anyway, Sarah, or that's your kind of your uh, with the 4:30 mention. But um, really planning your week out again, just that idea of pen to paper or you know giving something forethought. So it's not like oh, okay. I'll look tomorrow morning and see what the workout is. Like sit down on, you know, Sunday night or Monday morning or whenever you kind of have a moment to plan and give, you know, what, what's the workouts? What am I going to do? When am I going to do it? Do I need help from my partner to make sure that I have childcare on this day? Like, you know, the more kind of forethought you can give it, not energy, like wording about it, but just str- like just structural you just know, problem solving. Yeah. Is, is helpful. So. Those are some ideas for you. Um, okay, Kay is asking if I want to take an Orange Theory class during my training cycle. What is the best way to do it? Um, and then, if she takes a class on the day that calls for the Train Like a Mother strength circuit, should she still do the circuit in addition to the
1: class? I'll answer them in reverse order. On the second Two. one, no. I mean, if it's yes. if it's a if it's, it's an Orange Theory that is including you know the strength component to it and everything, um, just call it a day with that. Um, with you know, I mean. I, so the structure of Orange Theory, I know there are different points to different classes, right? Like they have more like some endurance days and they have, you know, more interval training or whatever else. I would say try to, to the best that you can, if you can see the Orange Theory schedule in advance, which I think you can, right? Um, you know, try to equate it to what, you know, whatever. Like look at the schedule for the week in advance and look, compare it to your training schedule. And like if you've got an interval day, swap out an Orange Theory for the interval day, for instance. Sure. Um, you know, but... Um, just, you know, be careful with it. Don't like, if you've got an easy day and Orange Theory is a hard day, don't make that swap, you know? So try to, yeah. as much as you can, match it up to the tone of the plan that day.
0: Yeah, that's good advice. And if it's Orange Theory is not an XT day, because they have so much running in it, yeah, so Don't agree. that's not a cross-training class. That is a run. Agreed. And, like, yeah. Like Amanda said, and realize that those classes I think are a lot harder than a lot of us give us credit for. I mean, I know people know that they're challenging, but, um, you know, that, that strength to running fast to, you know, to intervals, to whatever, it's, it's harder than, you know, an easy run for sure. So just make sure that like you said, it's, it's got the right weight on it, the right physical weight on it. Yeah. Um, okay. Ava over the last 10 months, I've run quite a lot for me and just about all of those miles have been slow. Um, I've averaged about 30 plus miles per week, Um, even with about five to eight weeks off for recovery um, from surgery and a race. Um, She's just started the obliterate plan. um, So that's a marathon plan. And I'm loving the speed work, but the drop in mileage has me concerned. Please reassure me. And then she said, "Uh, for what it's worth, my body seems to settle in nicely to a weekly mileage around 30 to 35 miles. When I hit that groove, the aches and pains decrease dramatically. So
1: um on the obliterate plan i don't think you're that far off ever are you? like i mean i don't have it in front of me i don't but, have it in front of me either but um, I but i but a yes ava and i and i think i know which ava this is and yes. um little <laughs> marylander um and um you know ava you're gonna be fine you you got you got lots of experience under your belt and um you'll be hitting that sweet spot pretty quickly with this yeah. plan and I would, I was
0: what's that i was about to say yeah week five you, you're at 35 miles I'm pulling it up right now yeah. And I mean yeah. yes cut back weeks but most of the time you're around that 30 to 35 miles for sure yeah so. yeah.
1: so I, I would I, if I were you Ava this is a very um, aggressive plan yes. I would be thankful for the little break right now because you might not be so thankful for you know for if, if you ignore it and you're at like week um, 10 you might be going wide and I take my, my break when I had a little chance so so sure. yeah, yeah just just roll with it and you'll you'll be fine yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um, Another mileage question, and I looked this up just so you know, so you don't have to know it off the top of your head, Amanda. Um, Willow was asking, what is the preferred minimum weekly mileage to start the 10K race plan? Um, And I looked at the, so the six, we need to, for the race plan, so not the run walk plan, but the race plan, um, you need to be able to run six miles, preferably have run a 10K before Um, be injury-free, of course. Um, But the first week is 15 to 16 miles. The second one is 16 to 20 miles. The third is 17 to 22. So it kind of goes, it steps up. The minimum mileage goes from 15 to 16 to 17 to 18 and then back to 16. So anywhere in that area, I think you'll be fine. Do you agree with that, Amanda?
1: Agree, agree, especially with the 10K, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you are 15 miles a week, you can easily jump in because it will... Ratchet that up um, incrementally, and again, most of that plan it has some either ranges of miles, like run you know four to six today, or it has um, other options like you can cross train or um, run. So again, if your mileage is you know, you don't have to be at the top end by any stretch. Um, okay, there are a lot of race pace questions, so we'll start. Um, I think Kathy kind of she has a longer question, but I think she hits on a lot of things. How do I find my race pace? This is the first time attempting to quote unquote race a half. And I use that term loosely because I'm not that fast. I know you can go by previous times, but I think I'm capable of running more than my previous times. Um, Amanda, you also talk a lot about running by feel and not being glued to your watch. So how do you hit, find that race pace zone? Um, Um, Okay. Yeah. Let's start there. And then let's talk a little bit about summer. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I do think, first of all, I do think recent race results are always going to be your very, very best indicator. So if you have that, do go with that. Even if you think you're capable of a little bit more, and that's fantastic. If you think you are, you can lower it down a little bit. If you, if you really feel confident, like I know I can do better than that race, um, use a pace calculator like Macmillan, um, use a, a race pace calculator, find it. And then if you want to take it down by five, you know, five to 10 seconds per mile, um, go for it and use that as your race pace. Um, there are alternate ways to try to, you know, if you want to like dial into what your very very current fitness is. Um, another thing you can do is is um, it's it's about a, it, a, a it, it's a a run on a track. Um, and what you um, basically want to be doing is 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 warming up for a couple of miles, and then you're gonna put yourself on the track for um, two miles at a really good steady hard pace, and you want to, um, you know, keep that pace, don't let it decrease as you're going through it. And, you know, if you start decreasing on in that second mile, and you're not able to keep up to that first mile, then, you know, you're maybe being a little bit aggressive. Um, but it's, it's a way to measure it out and kind of see where you are right now. Again, warm up two miles, do those two miles at a really good, hard, steady pace. Um, see what you come out with for those two mile splits without you know, keeping the effort level the same and not, um, falling apart on that second mile. And that can kind of give you a, an idea as well. You can um, plug that, you can
0: plug that number. I know the VO2 or Jack's, um, what is it called? The VO, what, what's Jack Daniel's one?
1: Daniel's, um, I don't, I don't know. Is there, he's got
0: like a, is it a VO2 max for not like VO2 max. It's, uh, uh, gosh, let me look it up. But, but yeah, while we're talking, but yeah, there's definitely, you can put that in. They, he has a VO, um... He has a two-mile uh, uh V dot. It's called V dot. Okay. V D O T. Um he has a two mile option on that, so you can use that um as your race pace. You can also go enter a 5K. Um, right. So many right. anywhere. I mean, I know that summertime is not the ideal time, as we've talked about, to get that race time, but yeah. um it's a good indicator of where to start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. Katie is asking, how long ago um start counts as a recent yes. race?
1: Um, I mean, to me, six months to a year, you know, I don't, I wouldn't go any further back than a year without like kind of retesting where your fitness is. But yeah, if you can get something in the last six months, that's great. Um, but yeah, six months to a year is acceptable.
0: Given that you haven't been, haven't given birth or you haven't been injured or you haven't had a long time off of running. So like if a year ago you ran a two hour half marathon and then something happened and, um, and you're just getting back to half marathon training right now and getting back to running, you know, and it's been 11, 12 months. Yeah. You don't, don't use that. <laughs>
1: I, don't want, I don't want you to Absolutely. set yourself up
0: to run yeah. be honest with yourself. Yeah, be exactly.
1: Yourself. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, okay. So then, so, uh, Kathy goes on, if it stays hot all summer, I will not be able to hit certain paces all the time. I feel like I'm barely hanging on to my slow pace right now. I feel like I'm asking for a unicorn, but any advice would be great. (laughs) Oh, Kathy, you're so demanding with the unicorn. Um, No, but I I think let's talk about effort because I think that that is so important um, about, you know, about, so again, if we're taking our focus off of our watches, but you know that you have three miles at marathon race pace, like Mm -hmm. on a scale of one to 10,
1: are we looking at like a six? For a marathon race pace, or a little bit higher, or what would yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I, I think like a six to seven is great, and um, you know, just <laughs> yeah, go out and 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 run it at at a good, comfortably hard pace. Pace, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Again, like like you were like she was saying her slow pace, and she's barely holding on to them. You shouldn't have a slow pace. Period. <laughs> Honestly, you should yeah. not like you should not like worry about the worry about the, 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 race pace miles, but, um, but yeah, they're not going to be the same in the summer. So yes, I think we do need to, you know, or if you know, okay, I typically would run three miles of race pace in 30 minutes. Just go run that 30 minutes at what feels, you know, comfortably hard and race pace ish, even if on the watch, it's not matching up. Exactly. Um, yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kimberly has a similar question. Um, she just started the crush it plan. For a race in November, um, she finds that she can get focused on pace, like most of us. Um, some paces are quite difficult, requiring more effort or a higher heart rate. Which runs do you recommend, do you recommend really focusing on the pace versus the effort? And you don't I, – I'm don't, not putting words in your mouth, but I don't think you divide them that way, right? We really want right. to – I mean, let's make effort our guide for at least July and August and probably
1: right. September. Right. Right, right. I mean, I, I... – what uh, what 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 I recommend is is you know what does the what does the plan say for that given day and if it says you know race pace then you're going to be running you know again caveat being summer but um so yeah I mean when it comes to effort like on a if we we're talking we're in October you know I mean your your effort on easy runs is going to be an easy effort um, but. Yeah. I mean, so like, I mean, I only, I only want you really focusing on the pace when it says something specific about pace. Like, so I guess if that's a way to divide it up, Okay. Um, you know, and again, I'm getting, I'm getting bogged down by this whole summer versus, you know, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Right. I mean, you can focus on pace now, but know that
0: your pace is going to be slower. Right. Yeah. So yeah. just know that like, I mean, I, I don't have the specific formula in front of me and if we gave you the formula and you didn't hit that, then that's frustrating. So, you know, is it, 15 seconds. Is it 30 seconds? It might be 15 one day and it might be 30 and it might be 45 another day given on, given your energy levels, given the, the, the ear index quality, given the humidity level. I mean, it's just, there's so many pieces to it that it's not just like, you know, sign, sign neatly like, oh I'm just going to go run nine fifteen. you know? Right. Right. So, um, right. So yeah. So, I mean, when I think about it a little bit for myself, I think, Marathon is kind of a six. I would say half marathon race pace is is a little bit higher, right? Because you seven eight, yep. A seven eight, and then you know a ten k, a five k. I mean, you're looking at an eight eight to nine nine, nine yeah. is like your last
1: mile. Five k, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So so if you think about it that way, and so just tune in. Am I working hard enough, or am I working too hard? Because you know, if you have three miles at race pace, like think about those full three miles when you start out at you know, for that first quarter of a mile, you know, don't start like a, you know, a horse at the Kentucky Derby and then slow down to, you know, a mule train. <laughs> right. You know, right. so you want to think about how in these conditions today, how am I going to sustain a moderately solid, hard race, you know, whatever you have, whatever description you have in your mind, how am I going to stay in that for the duration of the period? Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I want to take a step back here. Yeah. For everyone across the board um, and this applies to every single plan. And and I think the thing is these days, like we have so many tools available to us, yes. and everyone overthinks as a result. Um, it's human nature. We want to dial everything in. We want to do everything perfectly. And I'll tell you what the secret is to, to to race plan or race training and following plans is consistency. More than anything else, you're going to do for yourself. More than like if you're off your pace by 15 seconds a mile you know, on a, on a given race pace day, that versus, you know, like missing three runs every couple of weeks, you know, I mean, it's the consistency that wins. It always, 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 always. So follow the plan, you know, day to day to day. And that, that consistency is what's going to get you across that finish line, more so than being completely scientifically dialed into the exact right pace. Yes,
0: I agree. Um, Julie says, thank you, Amanda, I needed to hear this um, type A over here and Julie, you all are, you yeah. are just like we all are. I mean that's yeah. the kind of we are all drawn to running because it is so crisp and clean and you know and kind of black and white. but the reality is is it's not as simple and crisp and clean as you think.
1: Yeah. It's be. Yeah. So. yeah.
0: Okay, I think that I think we've covered that enough. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, Kristen. Kristen has a question. Um, so, uh, there's a lot of pieces to this. So, so tune in, (laughs) um, (laughs) training for a half um, marathon on October 26th. So the end of October, she's running a half marathon, but she also has an 18 mile race on November 17th. And then a week later, she's doing another half. All three are just for fun. No pressure races. The 18 is super hilly and challenging, but still just for fun which would be the better scenario. So again, she's doing a half end of October, 18 miles, the middle of November, and then another half marathon the week after that. Um, Okay, better scenario. Do I train for the half in October, then take a week off and jump into a couple weeks of long runs until the other two races, or train for the November half and use the October half and the 18 mile races, long training runs? I have run many half marathons and two full marathons, so I'm not new to training. This year so far um, has been consistent, not perfect, um, with many happy miles, which is one of the things we talked about in January. Which is what you just said, Amanda. I love the um, the symmetry there, consistency. Um, so thank you for any advice she has. So if she were, if you were coaching her one on one and she has these three races, how would you approach them training wise?
1: Um, well, I think honestly, since that October half marathon is well, since they're all for fun. And so since the October half marathon isn't like your A goal and you want to make a, you have a great splash at that, at that half marathon, I would increase some of the long run mileage in the October buildup. Um, so, you know, um, when you're getting into like your last couple of really long runs for, for your half marathon, um, I would add on like two miles to each of them and get your, get yourself, get your mileage up because then you have a, it sounds like a pretty quick turnaround from October to November, right? Like yeah. maybe... Yeah. Only a couple of weeks. So there's not really time to, you know, like coming off of the half marathon to cram in some big long runs for the 18 miler. So I would use the October build up to prep for the October, November race. And, and then, um, and then that's going to carry you over to the next one too. It sounds like to me, like they're all pretty close together there. So sure, uh, you don't need separate training for each, each, each one. And you know, yeah, that's how you, I, yeah, I would definitely, like you said that, that
0: 18 miler is kind of the big kahuna. So get your mileage, um, like you said, up, Prior to that, so that you're able to, I mean, because you want it to be, you want it to be fun, right? You right. want to be able to cover the miles, right? You know, right? Yeah, totally. yeah. yeah. All right. Kristen says that was my plan, but I need some confirmation. Way to go, Kristen. Wait, <laughs> I like that. I like it when uh, people are on the right track. Okay. Jody's asking, um, what can I do to prevent leg fatigue and heaviness? This is usually a problem I deal with in the last few miles of a race, but during the last two weeks, it's been a problem almost right from the very start of my runs. Sometimes the the Fatigue lasts through the entire next day. Um, she says, I run and walk, so I don't, and I'm certainly not fast. We're gonna have to have a rule about saying, I know,
1: not fast bad. or
0: slow. I, I know, I know. I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to edit them on the fly, you know, so that we yeah. don't say that, but then I don't yeah. lose the speed. Yeah. Anyway, she runs and walks, so I don't think that that's the issue. Could it be just from the heat? Thanks for your help.
1: Um, certainly, it could be from the heat. It, it you know, that's obviously a big factor right now. It can also be a cumulative effect. I mean, how long have you been training? I know you're running walking, so you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't in theory terribly wear you out, but I mean, how long have you been training and is there ever been a break in there, um, you know, to kind of let your legs recover and maybe, maybe right now you have, for whatever reason, dug yourself some sort of a hole. Like maybe you've just got too many things going on and too many stressors. And, um, so, um, So what I would say is, um, you know, maybe try taking a couple of days off. Um, Maybe, maybe right now, that's what your body needs and um, just rest up a little bit and then start again and see where you are. Um, And then, you know, feel free to hit me up if that's, you know, maybe not doing it. I I don't know. Sure, sure. What are your thoughts? I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, it's tough. I mean, I would say there's a couple, I mean, I agree with you. It could just be cumulative fatigue and it could be the heat for sure. Um, I would also say like, I'm a huge fan of the legs up the wall pose, um, yeah. from yoga. And, um, if you look that up, Jody, you know, you basically like, you know, just basically put your legs up the wall. It's exactly what it sounds like. If you can do that a couple times a day, um, or at least once a day, you know, I sound like a physical therapist, do eight times a day and yeah, you'll be fine, you know, but once a day, just see how that feels. Um, then I would also look at nutrition and I don't know exactly yeah. what you'd want to do to, um, help with that and that's so I would need to kind of do a little research or ask Ellie or something like that but um so if, why don't you do why don't you try what we've um, just talked about maybe take a couple of days off maybe do some legs up the wall a massage might help or some foam rolling um, you know anything that kind of like helps kind of clean them out a little bit clear them out a little bit and then, um, if that if you come back and you're like, okay, right where I was, <laughs> then then uh, tag us both on the on the Facebook page and we'll problem solve a little bit more. Yeah. How does that sound?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And may, you know, and keep some movement in there. Don't like just sit on your sofa. You know, like yes. go for a nice easy walk, walk the dog if you have a dog, or walk go for a walk with your kids, and or get in a pool and move around. You know, keep keep movement in there because that is movement is recovery as long as it's it's easy. Sure. Um, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, this is an easy one. Christina says when the plan says three miles, easy three miles across train, how long should we cross train for?
1: Um, you mean what it says? I'm, I'm sorry. Easy three miles or cross train. Yeah. You
0: have a choice on, on some of the plans. Right.
1: I feel like, um, I mean, honestly, that's up to you. I think the sweet spot's probably 30 minutes to an hour, um, yep. 30 to 45 minutes, something like that. Anywhere in that range is, is fine. It's really just a, Give your body a little break if you feel like you need it. You know, it's an option. Instead of running that day, go do this instead and and, and use some different muscles.
0: Exactly. Um, So those are all the questions that I have. um, And we'll talk for a little bit longer. If anybody wants to type in anything else, um, either comments or questions, we're happy to hit them. Um, Okay. Uh, Sarah says, speaking of dogs, I have a four-month-old puppy. We want a picture, please, on the Facebook (laughs) <laughs> that we are diligently walking once or twice a day does this affect my marathon training plan
1: no it's actually good for you i mean that again I, i'm a big believer in movement and in particular when you're training for a marathon um you know a little bit of easy movement like that is really good for your legs versus just laying on your sofa
0: yeah yeah time on your yeah, feet for yeah. sure
1: and but, don't run the puppy till till they're a little bit older too just <laughs> to think you're thinking about that uh,
0: Julie wants to know who would win a pie eating contest between me and you? Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: you know, I'm, I'm not a pie eating girl. That's the thing. What, what, what would you do?
1: I'm pretty, uh, yeah, a pie's not my go-to, but I can put some food away. <laughs>
0: I can put some food away. Yeah, yeah. And if we <laughs> yeah. Win, Sarah, that. Sarah would probably win that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd eat chocolate cake. I'd absolutely eat chocolate cake though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sarah would probably win. Um, yeah, because I'm not an apple pie. I don't really like fruit pie.
1: Yeah, not a big um,
0: Yeah, Sarah, turn on your video to show us our puppy. We'd love to see it. Oh. That would be a good way to – good yes. good ending to a fun session. Sure. Um, and, yeah, you guys, I just want to say, um, you know, we've got some people in here, the new groups um, for the 10 Mile and the Looney Challenge in the Twin Cities, and it's been really fun. Oh, my
1: gosh, look at that. Oh, I can't stand it. Is that a golden doodle, Sarah? Yes, Sarah, we can hear you. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. She is so cute. Wow.
0: How's she doing as a, as a puppy? Does she? Oh, good. Good. I'm doing a puppy. I don't have a cute puppy, but we adopted a, a somewhat, a, he's about two, um, and we're doing a, a dog training class with him right now. There's a golden doodle in our class. She's very cute, and it's Aww. fun. Yes, Danja. Yeah, well, if you need any tips, we're working on leave it right now. That's it. Hit kind of a roadblock with leave it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Aww, I'm so glad we got to see her.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks you
1: guys. Thanks, Sarah.
0: And thanks for your great questions. Um, you know what? And Julie says, thank you so much for everything. This entire brand is meeting so many of my running needs, community, education, and fun. Thank you. Awesome. And Julie, really you're awesome on the Facebook page. I've seen you there um, entertaining us with your TMI stories, and that's really oh,
1: fun. that's actually
0: so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so really, yeah, it's really fun to just like you know watch you guys all train and have everyone come in with different perspectives and different encouragement and different problems, and we're all here to kind of just you know push each other out the door, push each other across the finish line, and and have a few a lot of fun, happy miles in between there. So yeah, for awesome. sure. Thanks a lot, Amanda, for your expertise. Thanks, you guys, for joining us. And um, we will talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye.